Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group. How automation can solve for workforce challenges and be a driver for innovation. It's Thursday, June 15th, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. The Department of Justice is one of many agencies across the federal government looking to ride the wave of generative AI. In an exclusive interview with FedScoop, Justice CIO Melinda Rogers said one of her first priorities in experimenting with generative AI will likely be to use it to overhaul the department's IT customer service desk to make it smoother, faster, and more customer friendly. She pointed to American Express as a private company that does customer service right, while admitting that she's personally had issues with DOJ's own service desk, calling it unacceptable. Instead, she said she wants to take the program to a, quote, place of elegance. The Department of the Interior awarded a $1 billion cloud contract this week to Periton. The department's Cloud Hosting Solutions 3 contract will task the contractor with managing a portfolio of cloud computing, storage, and application services across multiple vendor offerings, supplying DOI with a flexible solution for the delivery of those cloud services. And the IRS is again getting a new CIO. Kashit Pandya will step in as IRS CIO on an interim basis later this month when current acting CIO Jeff King returns to his main role as deputy CIO at IRS parent agency, the Department of Treasury. Pandya currently serves as deputy CIO for IT operations at IRS. You can read more about these stories and more at fedscoop.com. The Department of the Air Force is leveraging automation as a strategic imperative to support the service's warfighting and defense missions, particularly as the U.S. military is in the midst of a talent war. Robotic process automation enables the service to do more with less and to create work that airmen find exciting and innovative. That's all according to Air Force Director of Enterprise IT, Venus Goodwine, who discussed the power of RPA and the Air Force's own DAFBOT program at the recent UiPath Together Public Sector Summit. Here's what Goodwine had to say about RPA. Fly, fight, and win. Air power. Anytime, anywhere. That's our mantra. That's our goal. That's what we do in the Air Force. So when I say to you that RPA is not just about automation, I tell you it's a strategic imperative for us. And so if you're here in your military and you're here your federal agency, you know exactly what I'm talking about because we have a mission that needs to happen and we, because we have public dollars that we use and we have to account for that. And so every time that we can show benefit to the mission, that's good for us. And so today I'm going to tell you how we do that and why the Air Force is so keen on RPA. How many of you know that we're in a talent war right now? You have to participate with me. (laughs) Talent war, right? Because it's not just that industry is going to steal our talent from the military. It's not just the um, private sector will steal our talent because of maybe pay. But I tell you that we can actually compete if we provide innovative means for our talent. And that's one of the things that UiPath does for us. So how do I win? When I say fly, fight, and win for the Air Force, what that means is I have to have airmen and guardians that are ready at all times. So for me, it's a readiness imperative. 
That's what I mean by a strategic imperative. So how do I beat this talent war? One, I have to make sure that I create work for the airmen and guardians that is exciting. I have five generations in my workforce. So when the new airmen come in, they don't want to sit at a desk and do rote work. They want to use their creativity and their minds and innovation. So it's naive for me to think that they only know what I've trained them in maybe one of my tech schools, right? And so I want to make sure that I challenge them in these ways. And you'll hear me talk about how we do that. A culture of innovation. How do you create a culture of innovation and curiosity in your organization? That is an imperative for talent. That is how you keep talent, is you have to give them a place so that they can innovate with their ideas, they can take their jobs and make it easier for them because they do it every day. How many of you are overtasked, under-resourced? That's our story, right? Do more with less. This helps with that, a strategic imperative for us. We're in a fiscally constrained environment. So how can I find ways so that I could save money? Manpower is dollars. So that if I could take the talent and use it wisely, smartly, more efficiently, more effectively, make them more productive, that's dollars saved back in my corporate structure. So for these reasons, the Air Force has embarked on this path. We call it our DAFBOT program with UiPath. And so I want to talk to you today about how did we do that and some of the things that you can take away from our lessons learned. And I'm going to answer all the questions that I know that you're going to ask because at the end of the day, I'm a practitioner as well. And so I want to make sure I answer those questions. But first, I'm going to tell you it starts with a partnership. And so to UiPath, I tell you, you are a great partner. There are often times, and I'm the director of enterprise IT, so I deal with vendors all the time. There are times when they sell me and they walk away and I never hear until it's time for renewal. Anybody know that story? That's not this story. That's not this team. They are committed. And so I appreciate you for that because that is why we are successful. They sit right seat, left seat with us, making sure that my citizen developers have the expertise from their team. So that's the reason why we're successful. Executive support. When I try to explain to my financial office why they need to buy licenses and build infrastructure, I tie it to the mission. So having that executive support is what has made our DAFBOT program to be successful. It was that buy-in. I had buy-in from the top and as the champion for DAFBOT in the Air Force, it was easy for me to tell that story when I started talking numbers because IT is not just a cost center. So I had to tie it to our mission. Again, don't forget about policy implications. When I talk about how we implemented the DAFBOT, there are some policy things that we had to address that I don't want you to wait until the end. How many cybersecurity are in the room? Cybersecurity professionals. How many know that, that think your cybersecurity is going to stop you from using UiPath, but they're going to tell you it's a risk? So I'm going to tell you, talk with them first. If you're going to run an unattended bot, if you're going to have bots system to system, make sure that you talk to your cybersecurity professionals so that it doesn't affect your authority to operate. 
that's important to us. And so policy is definitely the very first thing that I want you to talk about. So now how did we do it? One, besides my great partnership, we wanted to attract citizen coders. Now, again, I say to you, it's naive for me to think that if I send an airman or a guardian or even a civilian to a school, that the only skills they have is what I provide to them. No, I want to also provide them a low-code, no-code environment in the cloud so that they have the opportunity to automate their work because they've been doing this work. And so what we did was create what we call cohorts. And the cohort is an entire team. That team, of course, includes your business because you must have an intake process. Everything is not ready for RPA. You have to do the work. As much as we can automate, yes. So you have to have a governance around how you're going to make the decision of when and how to use RPA. Also, we did roadshows. When we did the roadshows, it was, of course, with our partners at UiPath. And the design of the roadshows for us to show, them do. And then we left, came back, and then watched them again. And guess what we learned? They explore things with RPA that we did not teach them. That's that innovation piece that you know that your employees will embark upon. And so I want you to make sure that you create that environment. There are 222 locations for the Department of the Air Force, and we travel to half of those. Telling this story, evangelizing RPAs, and the benefit, the strategic imperative of doing that. You heard me say the word governance, big G and little g. It is important that we understand when a bot is created, when it's used, how often it's used, and what it's doing. And so we put these left and right limits around our processes so we understand that. Before you um, use a bot, before you develop a bot, you must have training. We make sure we train you. You have to have a certification. So all those things, they matter. Change management, that is important as well. Remember, this is part of my enterprise ecosystem. If I'm gonna make changes to my enterprise ecosystem, I must make sure that it's documented in all of my processes. So I'm gonna answer these questions because I don't want you to have some of the pitfalls that we did. Again, when I talk about the citizen coders, let me go back to that and talk about the cohorts that we created. I had a business team, then I had the, RP, the RPA team, which included the developer, the citizen coder, and then the support team, because it was a train-to-trainer model. And then, of course, I had the cybersecurity team, making sure that there was constant connection between their entire team. If you do that, it would allow you to codify that process and, and run it almost like a DevSecOps model. Because now you, have, you understand the product, you understand the cybersecurity, and you can just constantly make changes. And you know that those changes are within the left and right limits and bounds that you've created. And so for us, that was huge in the cohorts. Investments, the infrastructure, the licenses, the compute and store, the dev and test environment, and don't forget the ATO. We use Cloud One, which is our cloud platform, we used that, and that was beneficial for us because that was an investment already made. So I say to you, definitely look within your organization and look for those particular investments that you've already made. 
your CFO will appreciate that. And so now, how is it that, let's talk cybersecurity for a moment as well. I want to make sure that if you're going to run bots, NPE or credential, with derived credentials, make sure that your security operations center knows that. They have to be able to tell the difference between a credential and an NPE. We had a situation where we wanted to use an unattended bot, but the system owner did not recognize what we were doing. So I'm saying to you, please pay attention to how you're going to authenticate and implement your bots. Don't forget privacy. The data privacy and the privacy of the individuals, of the data that you're accessing as well. Cybersecurity things I don't want you to forget. Don't forget orchestration so that you don't have rogue bots. And we don't have that problem in the Air Force. And we have over 600 bots. Why? Because the orchestrator allows us to manage that in the left and right limits in our environment. You can learn more about the Air Force's ongoing automation efforts at the dailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Carlin Fisher helped put the show together and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll talk to you again next week, but until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.